0: yes yes it is dj ski from dash radio and you are now listening to the number one south asian radio station in the world i'm talking about ruckus avenue radio dash radio's exclusive
1: south asian station let's go
0: i'm a doctor a father an American, an Indian. I've had conversations about life from every angle. And as I've navigated the South Asian experience, I share stories of people and their purpose. And what they're saying over and over again is, trust me, I know what I'm doing. I'm Abhay Dharndekar, and on this episode of Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing, it's back to the beginning with an encore replay of my conversation with Mahesh Kare. Stay tuned. It's been nearly a year since my conversation with Mahesh Kare, and a good time now to revisit and reflect. Within the genre of Indian classical music, It's often difficult to find the musician that's able to take the tradition of this art and share it with a contemporary audience, and Mahesh Gai has made this seem effortless. The Stanford Jazz Festival has referred to him as a worldwide phenomenon, beloved for his enchanting, reverberant voice and his unique ability to interweave classical and popular music. A disciple of the renowned Bandit Jitendra Abhisheki, Mahesh is often hailed as an ambassador of Indian classical music in a landscape that finds listeners faced with many, many choices. He was chosen as the 2015 recipient of India's National Film Award for his playback singing in the film Kaktyar Kalzat Ghosli. Mahesh usually splits his time between India and the San Francisco Bay Area, where he runs a foundation dedicated to preserve, nurture, and celebrate Indian classical music. But in this very unique time of safe distancing, he has truly advanced his teaching craft through the Maheshkai School of Music, which is active and has students in nearly 20 countries. This ongoing mentorship and grooming of musicians is reflective of his joy in both elevating the consciousness of music and harnessing its power as a vehicle for diversity and connection. Mahesh is also recently a co-founder of a startup called Live Demi, as an architect of the music vision, sharing the world of music through technology. Soon, he will return to India and resume his role as a judge on the popular show Suranava Dhyasanava, which will be featuring emerging talent during Women's History Month. But he is not yet resuming live concerts, as he's incredibly conscious of public health concerns and is eager to do so only when it's safe. Within India, Maheshkai was born and raised in Pune, in Maharashtra, And when I caught up with him last year, I asked him how this factors into his daily life. As a Punekar who lives in the United States, what parts of your day-to-day life actually are still from Pune?
1: (laughs) See, Punekar, one, I do not know exactly what it means to be a Punekar. (laughs) But... By and large, if you ask me, Punekar is a philosophy. It's not a curriculum. Mm. It's, it enters your DNA. It enters your bloodstream. And once it does, it cannot escape you. It doesn't matter what geography <laughs> you are in.
0: That's, that's probably true.
1: So, uh, to me, it's the sanskar. It's the way I was brought up. Uh, and if you, uh, I mean, if you mm. have... Been brought up a certain way for a certain amount of time, extended time in your uh, formative years, then I think it stays with you for.
0: What's a what's an example of that? I mean, of that song. For example, started. this masala chaha. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the moment I was offered cha, I couldn't say no. <laughs> it's almost like it's a, yeah. you know it's a, impossible to say yeah. no. Uh, or this khari that you have brought. Up. <laughs> it is uh,
1: very simple things, really. Uh, when I go back to Pune, there is also these. I mean, uh, having said it's a philosophy of 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 its own kind. There are a few um, rituals you cannot miss. Mm. So, I do go to Vaishali. Yeah. Um, I do have a vada pav when I can. (laughs) I do have a pav bhaji at a certain place when I can. I do go to Dagdushet Ganapati Mandir Mm. and Zara's And then there is a Datta Mandir uh, in uh, Kamla Nehru. Uh, uh, near kamla Nehru Park yeah. I do go to Dasha Guja Mandir I do try to go to the Gundolekar Maharaj Aarti that uh, we do so there is a bunch of things that uh Have been fond memories, you know, and many a times you do not know a memory is being formed which is going to be fond for you for a while until you are either taken away from it or are reminded in a completely different environment. Mm -hmm. So, I'll tell you what that environment was. Uh, I was at Kade Kakas Kaka Kapku's place in LA, yeah, and there was a Madhunath Nagarkar uh, Swami Ji, who came there, and that day he was going to do a pravachan on Gondavalekar Maharaj's teachings. Mm. And I grew up uh, in, in not in Gondavalekar, but Gondavalekar was a part of my life. Since I remember now,
0: this is a uh, more
1: of a scriptural teaching that yes, you've
0: yes, had as yes.
1: you know throughout your life. Yes, throughout my life. And the part of that teaching, the way it happened, was every Thursday. To me, it was an extension of a musical practice. Right, every Thursday there used to be uh, nine thirty to eleven thirty PM bhajan, mm. where everyone would get together and sing together. Every uh, Sunday at five thirty in the morning. 7 7.30 and then 5.30 in the evening to 7.30, there used to be a hirti arthi, So there will be different hosts every single week. Like a devotional. Exactly, yeah. a devotional thing. But I mean, it was devotion. Sure. To me, it was music. I got a chance to sing. I got a chance to explore. Now, my dad, uh, he had a traveling job. He, was, uh, he served in the bank. When he was away, he used to travel back home every weekend. The first thing he used to do is he used to go have a shower and make me sit in front of him. And he used to be very strict about the fact that I should sing a new song every single Sunday. Oh, wow. So to me, this whole thing was learning something and singing it on Sunday. And when Swamiji said he's delivering a lecture, this whole thing of... God knows, I mean, decades that I had followed the structure that I'd had, I had missed it. Mm. But in that moment, I realized, oh my God, it all has right been back. a big part of my life. And I sang nothing but Gondolikar Maharaj at that. That's all I sang.
0: When you are now um, in the States and you're also traveling abroad, does the same thing happen in reverse? Do, are there elements of, of your daily life now that you yes. feel the same way that you are not you don't have you see no matter um,
1: it's an uneven world as they say yeah sure.
0: there's
1: always something that is going to be exclusive hmm. Uh, so, yes, my, my biggest reason is Purva. Yeah. I'm back traveling. Your wife. She's not always with me, my wife. So, I miss her dearly. Yeah. And there are these occasions when I feel accomplished, not only in the uh, literal sense of the word, but if there's some one fraction of a second note that, you know, satisfies me in the inside. It might be very uh, trivial to the audience that I'm engaging. But there is something that happens in the inside. I would love to share those moments mm-hmm. with my wife for example as they happen or something like a national award when I get it. Yeah. I, I mean, Thankfully my wife actually traveled to receive that award with right. me. But these are the times when I and then there are times when I want to go for a drive. I, I'm absolutely in cars and I love to go for a drive. And that's when I this things back here.
0: You're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing with Abhay dandekar After a short break, we'll come back to our conversation with Mahesh Kare and talk about classical Indian music and commercialism. Stay tuned. <laughs> This is Abhay Dandekar,
1: And this is Mahesh Kai and you're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing.
0: As we join the conversation again, I asked Mahesh about his views on classical Indian music and commercialism. You know, um, your accomplishments and how you've been able to use the art as you communicate with people is is very, uh, noteworthy. You know, I'm curious, there's an academic quality behind Indian classical music, particularly, um, the style of music that you're now famous for. Um, how do you marry the idea of an academic rigor to this art form with the commercial aspect that is part of the music industry for sure is are they, do they have to be mus- mutually exclusive? Are they at some point married?
1: They cannot be exclusive. The moment you accept a paid gig, <laughs> you have uh, to deliver what it takes at the same, same time your raw material is something that you have worshipped. Mm-hmm. So it it's a very tricky business, but the way I look at things is, be alert when you practice and be aware when you perform. Mm. So you're very mindful and alert in your practice, super focused. There the goal is music. And when you're performing, the means are your music. Mm. And that's why any musician is most happy when they are in their own private space, doing their own riyas, their own practice. Because their goal is music. They are not bound to entertain. They are not bound by certain popular choices of songs. They can pick whatever they want. They can spend as much time as they want. I've very often spent hours and hours together on a single note. Mm. And uh, I mean, I cannot afford that luxury on stage, right? Right. And that's why I said it's very difficult to. Keep them exclusive. The way you keep them exclusive is I do this madness in the luxury of my home, in my private uh, practices. But what I observe or what I get in terms of intangible, uh, it's very difficult. There's something somewhere that touches you. And you are in this quest to while you're performing, not lose the sense of that touch
0: when you do practice. When you so when you practice, is there a is there a kind of learning that you are doing even with each practice, even Absolutely. if you're focused on one note, two notes, three notes, one song, Absolutely. one phrase? Um, how do you how do you practice um, these days now as you've now come to this? level of achievement is the practice the same as it was when you were in study.
1: See, I few things. I don't think I have achieved a level of achievement yet. Second, I don't think achievement has anything to do with your practice because uh because achieve is something quite external if you look at it. Sure. To me that sliver of uh, fraction of second of gratification uh, gratify
0: Gratification is, Gratification. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Gratification is what I was
1: looking at. Yeah. I actually zoned into that moment. <laughs> so that fraction of a second that gratifies you, that holds you, to me, that is an achievement. Hmm. And it is unexca- it's very difficult to explain. You know, there's no musical parameter. There's no words that can explain what I got. Yeah, Because there's nothing external to it. There's just something
0: in the inside that makes you happy. Do you still make mistakes when you perform? Absolutely, all the time. How, how do you, I mean, I'm just so curious. How, how does a um, working professional artist respond to those mistakes when you're performing and also when you practice? Meaning, do you remember those mistakes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> of course. I try to make sure that I don't repeat the same mistakes over and over True. once. Yeah. So every time I make a mistake, I put a flag inside and then I make sure I work on it mm. offline. Uh, when you're practicing, I mean, you would be doing something terribly wrong if you're not making mistakes. Because if you don't fix mistakes, you will always have a completely flawed performance. Which, thankfully, I mean, it's not completely flawed for me. There's flaws all the way. But to me, you know, the the uniqueness about Indian classical music is the singer himself is the composer. Because about, I mean, outside of those few fixed lines of composition, you're only improvising. Hmm. Now, in the spur of improvisation you are building a case that is tangible which is within the framework of the presentation but also within the structure of the Mm. rag. While you are doing all of this, you are being mindful of the fact that you are aware of who your audience is. You are gauging whether it's going well. You're making sure that that is something that is in taste with the audience. And then if it is, then you keep on going along the same path. If it is not, you change your path
0: and again have
1: this feedback.
0: When do you get this feedback from people around you, from people you trust? From
1: Purva. It's very organic. I get that kind of feedback yeah. also. Yeah. But it's instant. Yeah. I mean, you know when you're doing things, one, I think you are the best judge of yourself. Sure. If you know sure. you goofed up, yeah. no amount of praise from audience is going to make you happy. Yeah. At the same time, you know when you enter a room, the kind of energy there is, you know how the equation sure. is. Right. Same way the first note when you sing.
0: And you open your eyes, you know what kind of... I want to come back to that concept in a second um, as well because for some of the contributions you've made, particularly in the group setting, that can be important in, in that how do you get feedback from other mm-hmm. artists who are around you. But when you were have been going through this process of artistic development for mm-hmm. yourself, have there been times when either you or those around you have had their doubts, have um, been able to really sort of say, listen, um, you know, where is this going? How is this going? Um, Tell me more about that.
1: There is always these things that will happen, right? Because there can be more than one way to solve the same problem. Uh, And it's not a problem. It's like a path that you take. It's a roadmap that you draw. Sure. I can only go on the road I can see. Uh, my vision is developed by uh, rigorous discipline that has been overseen by a great master Panditji, that mm-hmm. Sheki. Uh, and before that from my mom, then Purushottam Nangulde for a little while and then Shavna Dara who is mm-hmm. Abhishekhi after sure. then. And then if there is a path that I see, and of course, along with all these things with my own sensibilities with the the life experiences i have had some musical some non-musical so it is it is not always a premeditated thought it is very often an instinct mm. and i mean art is about impulse it's not about engineering right that's the difference between engineering and art yeah. art it is just impulse if you respond to a call. You do not say, oh, let me think. Right. And then, I mean, it's how it happens at the spur of the moment. So there is always going to be um, differences of opinion. Sure. When the differences of opinion is constructive, sometimes you want to go back to your boardroom and try to see whether you did something wrong. But at other times, you know, there is going to be difference of opinion. (laughs) Be
0: happy with it and move along. This is Abhay Dandekar and you're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. I'm here with Mahesh Kae, a classical Indian artist. And Mahesh, that leads to a, a kind of similar question that I'm going to ask, and, and that is: you're a uh, you're trained as an engineer. Mm-hmm. Are you an engineer who happens to be a musician? Mm-hmm. Or are you a musician who happens to be an engineer? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I hope <laughs> that is not a judgment you're passing <laughs> after <laughs> evaluating my engineering <laughs>
0: skill or my musical skill. <laughs> Ho- hopefully neither. Um, uh, but And the reason I'm asking this is because you you, um, you have been, you've clearly studied in a variety of disciplines. Mm-hmm. And because of that study, you can, you know, in your head are you someone who thinks like an engineer or a musician or both for that matter, or was the path to becoming a artist and a musician um, in some ways, how did the pathways intersect of being an engineer? How did that help you?
1: See, I mean, you are a net total of what you have done. Yeah. It's as simple as that. You are what you eat, you are what you breathe, you are what you listen to all of that. Right. So, I was a, I mean, I've had engineering uh, in me. I did engineering as my undergrad. Then I did uh, multimedia engineering and for my masters and all of that. So there is always an engineer that peeks through, uh, you know, once in a while. Perhaps you know, I am disciplined in the way I approach things. And then I'm impulsive when I'm on stage. And that, I think, helps each other well.
0: Very complimentary. Capture
1: in discipline and deliver in impulse, something like that.
0: You're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing with Abhay Dandekar. After a quick break, we'll come back to our conversation with Maheshkari. Stay tuned.
2: (laughs) Samaga, gaga maadha, Magasani Gasa. tha maagha saani ka saa. Saaga maadha maagha saani tha ga saa, maadha maani tha maagha saani ga saa. Padhani ga saare saa saa. Saaga maadha ba maagari saari saa saa. Padhani
0: Hi, this is Farhan Tahir, and you're listening to Ruckus Avenue Radio. You're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing with Abhay Dharndikar. Let's rejoin our conversation now with Mahesh Kari. Let me ask you this. Um, you've been, you've performed or made contributions with some of the most accomplished artists in the world. Um, how do you uh how do you feel when you are making music or performing as a soloist versus making contributions as a group is there a a difference when you are performing and are there different challenges to both of those mm-hmm.
1: as a soloist i mean you make the rules so it is in a way, you decide where you want to go and you bear the responsibility of what happens completely. So it's a solo sport. It's like a tennis game. Yeah. But the other one is collaborative. It's like cricket. <laughs> <laughs> it no matter whether you bowl properly, if the fielder doesn't take the catch, it's a team sport. It's a team sport. So I think both of them have their own uh, set of. I mean, I like to be a team player. One. Um, because there's this goodness of more than one individuals coming together Gestalt's principle says that 2 plus 2 is more yeah. than 2 and all
0: of it, comes it together. offers a sense of community exactly yeah.
1: and the other part of collaborations is you know I've been fortunate to have worked with few of the greatest musicians and just the opportunity of being able to make music I remember the first time I sang with Zakirji was here in Berkeley. Uh, And I didn't know I was singing. I thought I was going to play the harmonium. That was what I was called for. Had
0: you met him before that?
1: I had met him a few times. But, you know, right about the time before we were going on stage, he turned back and he says, by the way, I might ask you to sing. I'm like, what? (laughs) But here's the thing, you know. I didn't realize in that moment because I was really taken aback by the fact that the Zakir Hussain has asked me, he said that I might ask you to sing. But, you know, afterwards, I realized the fact that he felt confident in me that he could just ask me to sing impromptu and I would be okay doing that. Almost applies a... That itself was a big blessing for me, you know, for him to express that kind of faith. In my music was tremendous, and two to be able to make music with such a master musician, mm. yeah. just to be able to mix notes with that itself is such an uplifting
0: experience. Very encouraging. I it's very
1: imagine. encouraging. You know, the thing about all these great people is they are so encouraging. They are so easy going to make you. They are so comforting in the way they deal with you. It sometimes brings better of you than you can in your solo
0: performances. Well, does, you know, in back to the idea that there's still a commercial aspect mm-hmm. to your art. Um, are you a competitive person? Do you have to be a competitive person uh, to be a successful artist from the commercial standpoint? Uh, no, you
1: just have to be good at what you do mm. and lucky. Tell me, tell me about the lucky part. Well, what are the chances of someone staying in San Francisco being offered to act in a play when he is the only person who has a lead role in a production that is going to be in India along <laughs> with another guy who's producing it as yeah. another lead, right? Yeah. What are the chances that katya happens? So Rahul Deshpande who produced the Katiar I think, no, I mean, we knew each other, we knew of each other, but it's not like, hey, how are you, Raul? You chat every day. Out of nowhere, I get a call from him saying, I want, I'm planning to do Katyar Kazad Ghusli, uh, and you're the first person I'm calling. I'm going to play Khansaim, I want you to play Sadashiv. Mm-hmm. What are the chances? Right. right. And then, because we did that, I met with Subodh, uh, who was who directed our Katyar Kazad Ghusli, and then he thought that I should be the voice of Sadashiv that he acted as. And then what are the chances that for my first film, I get a national. And well, I have to be lucky, right? There's something... It's a of ladder my, of Yes, there's those. someone praying out there for me. It's beautiful. And that's why I think you need to be lucky. That's true. But uh, I'm very committed when it comes to sports. Because if I were not a musician, I I, I probably would be a
0: sportsman. Is that right? Okay, yes.
1: But I... I'm not competitive to a place where I, I I want to win. That's not the kind of... I remember when we used to be younger and we used to play Karam. Yeah. I was upset even after we won some boards because of the shot that I was not able to make. Mm. And then I would practice incessantly just with the same shot. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. Mm. So my competition... When I look at things is, again, if I made a mistake, no amount of claps is going to make up for right. it. I'll be very upset. Yeah, And that is the competitiveness I leverage. You know, after a point, uh, uh, I don't think uh, uh, monetary success is always a direct proportion of your skill. Mm. It's very gray. There's many things how you perform, how you are able to I mean, how your music touches people, what it means to them. It, I mean, it's not just the best sur, the best uh, tan, the best whatever is going to be the best music. I mean, there's so many different things. On the stage, I mean, I've gotten some really, really heartwarming messages. If you ask me on stage, I'm just lost in my own world. Right. I'm flying in my spaces, but yeah. then I get messages... Let's say oh I uh, for example I was in Jacksonwood, Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, the the usual regime for these kind of concerts was I would have my Swarmandal with me. I mm-hmm. would close my eyes for the first five, ten minutes I'll go deep in. And then one once I know I've established the connection with that me inside, I'll open my eyes and go with it. Right. And then I did and at the end of the concert, there was there was few funny things that happened. People started. Uh, there was one person who just went to sleep, and I was quite, you know, <laughs> disappointed. It back, yeah, I, like what is this? This is not something. <laughs> then another went off, and yeah. then I looked at the concert host, and he yeah. said, "Yeah, you're doing fabulous," yeah, and I yeah. didn't know what to do. Yeah, <laughs> and I was kind of quick to judge. I thought you know they are um, it's disrespectful disrespectful for the to the art in me. But here's what one of the ladies who walked up to me she walked up to me and said hey when you were singing that piece I didn't understand what it was but I remembered my I met my son who I lost in an accident. Wow. No. I mean you can't I mean this yeah. you cannot explain these things right? Yeah. Or I had a there's these things that happen, you know, uh, a dad got his daughter to meet with me in one of my concerts in Mumbai and he said she was a teenager. He, he said, you know, uh, Mahesh sir, she loves your music and we come from a very humble household. I came from, I don't remember, Nalima, the town, somewhere, Dhule, or Jal, Uh I told her either I will buy you a new dress for Diwali or I will take you to Myji's concert. And she has chosen your concert. Yeah. No, I don't know what to make of this. Yeah. I mean, there's no method. There's no formula to appeal to a teenager or no formula to appeal to a, a white, uh, non-native uh, to this music. Yeah. I'm just singing there. Yeah, But these things just happen and they are... They assume proportions that are far beyond the realm of the notes and leads.
0: Kind of this idea that <clears throat> what you're talking about are uh, very quality based, they're immeasurable, they're abstract. Um, one of your roles now is as a judge, mm-hmm. as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And how has that been? How has that been a challenge now to? apply some kind of quantification to someone's performance as a judge or as a teacher, does that make it that much more difficult?
1: It In the um, uh, initial, the first season, it made it difficult because I am still, I'm very uncomfortable with the fact that I'm judging someone. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> so what I tell myself is, what would I do to, if that person is my friend to improve his Song that he has sung. And with that frame of mind, I give my
0: judgment. Almost you have to have a lot of empathy. Yeah, for of course. Person.
1: Of course. Of course. I mean, it's impossible. Otherwise, you are judging the person. I don't pass judgments, I just give them tips on how to make things better. And of course, the grading is based on how many tips I need to <laughs>
0: give. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, 500 tips might be a little bit different <laughs> than five tips. <laughs> You're listening to "Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing" with Abhay Dhandecker. After a quick break, we'll come back and hear a little more from Maheshkare about his teaching. Join us. <speaking in Hebrew>
2: शब्दान चापली कडले तेय शब्दान चापली कडले प्रथम तुला, तुला घडू
3: Hi, hey, this is DJ Amita. You can check out Radio.com for more information and for the latest on station programming and more.
1: This is Mahesh Kare, and you are listening to Trust Me. I know what I'm doing.
0: Mahesh is an enthusiast of both Indian classical music and teaching, and I asked him how the two intersect. As a teacher and as someone who is in love with Indian classical music, and I want to talk about your foundation work Mm -hmm. um, in a moment as well, but do you see it very challenging either in the West or in India um, where the love of Indian classical music may be either separated by generation or by style, or by commercialism. Is it difficult in 2020 to love Indian classical music?
1: No, it's not difficult to love it. It is difficult to access it easily. And um, all those three things that you said, because of uh, the generation gap, the style and the commercialization, Indian classical music is not as readily available as most other forms are. Right? Mm. If you look at radios. If you look at television, if you look at any prime time China. programs, nothing is, you know, nothing is playing Indian classical music. And hence it is very difficult uh, <laughs> The moment it appears, the conversion ratio is very high. Yeah. It just has a very little opportunity for exposure.
0: In medicine, um, we always will say that the discipline, the more classic disciplines, like those who are in genetics, Mm -hmm. those who are in pathology, you ask them um, about their fields and they'll say, oh, genetics, Mm -hmm. everything is genetics, you know, or if Mm -hmm. pathology, everything is pathology. If you talk to someone who's very well versed in Western classical music, mm-hmm. they'll say Western classical music is actually all around us. All popular music right now is all classical mm-hmm. music. Do you feel the same way that, you know, as a classical musician, as someone who studied um, classical musician, you've applied some rigor and academics to the classical tradition? Um, do you look at even contemporary popular music mm-hmm. or um, Indian music or or those uh, pieces that are on commercial uh, aspects of television or the internet as saying there's actually elements of that that are Indian classical music. Do you find that a lot?
1: Of course, I find that a lot. And I mean, it's very hard to not find uh, Indian classical music because it is such a core art, Mm. right? I mean, it will be hard to notice visible differences yoga is doing to you instead of working out. But you know the every breath that you inhale and exhale has a better quality that is owed to the yoga that you do, for example. In the same way, Indian classical music, the discipline itself is so rigorous. It has been uh, sophisticated because of iterations of so many hundreds of years that the potency that it has is very hard for, for even the mainstream music to deny Mm. but it is um, adopted in differing proportions and hence in some it shows on the surface and at others it doesn't but i believe you know if you ask me what you love the most indian classical music hands down yeah but i don't like to show any other kind of music or any kind of other music down And say, oh, our Indian classical music. Because if that were not the case, the only kind of music that would exist in the world is Indian classical music. And that's not the case. So there is other kinds of music, other kinds of art that are fulfilling some need, some way. So my pursuit as a person in 2020 is always to figure out these popular channels, popular methods popular in the sense of mainstream. I mean, like I said, if you can't make Indian classical music appear on the same platforms that the next generation is consuming content, mm. how can you, I mean, make it available
0: to it's them? It's almost simply. as if we have to find yeah. merit exactly. in the Indian classical music and in the other forms that it Exactly. Takes.
1: So then I try to look at you know, making Indian classical music outwardly appear like a pop song. But I know I have the intention of drawing them in and then exposing the Indian richness of the Indian classical mm. melody there is. Or sometimes I will make it a little crisp and peppy uh, in a way. As it's like a a tester where you say, Oh, if you like this, then this is how it is.
0: It's and almost an intro.
1: A, a bit, yeah. yeah. A bait. And it's like if you like this enough, then you are going to find it. But the first exposure needs to happen on the platforms in the form that the people are most used to consuming.
0: Tell me about the Indian Classical Music and Arts Foundation and mm-hmm. that vision and that mission that you and Purva have, have really now tried to jumpstart. Yes. And how that has been going for you and what contributions you're hoping to make through that.
1: Indian Classical Music uh, Arts and Foundation actually um, came about with the same reason. Uh, one in the Western world, when I travel quite a bit, I realize that Indian classical music is not represented the way it should be. I mean, if you have to think about the glorious period of Indian classical music, it was in the royal patronage. Mm. When the invitation would go from the king, yeah, and the best people in the region will be in attendance. Yeah. And that is where the Indian classical music is presented. Mm. Obviously, I cannot recreate that era, but in our own humble way, we try to make sure that Indian classical music is not marginalized because of the commerce. Mm. We try to represent it as a part of culture, as a as a as a as a face of something that is bigger than it is. And while we are doing that, we raise funds for initiatives that are worthy. And in a way help. Uh, So a few things we do is we host concerts in the form. If you have been to any of them. uh, You know what I think is there's a lot of potency in storytelling. Mm. It's easy to tell. So I tell story of Indian classical music in a concert called Melange. Or I tell the story of Maharashtrian Kirtan in a uh, program called Song of the Divine. Or uh, I... Told story of my great guruji in in the concert that was called the Alchemist. Yes, and while we are doing that, we stage them in a way that is you know uh, befitting of the the grandeur of the subjects. Uh, we are very meticulous with the way we. Stage stage things because we are in the Silicon Valley and a bunch of my friends who are also volunteering here mm. are high techs. We make sure that we leverage the technology yeah. uh, to stage these. So all of these things together, I think rep- help in represent Indian classical music in a proper way. And while we are doing all of this, the funds that we raise, we, uh, Right now we are still in our baby phase, but we want to adopt kids Mm. in India who want to do Indian classical music full time, but Mm. do not have means. Yeah. There are a few different initiatives. Uh, uh, Another initiative here is, you know, the sense of uh, first, the sense of um, belonging. It's very difficult to develop a sense of belonging amongst your students. Mm. Sense of uh, responsibility, but also sense of belonging. Yeah, these are the two things I want to imbibe in the students that I work with. And then make them part of something bigger, like a Nepal earthquake that happened. Yeah, You know, my kids, they were, I mean, they used their brains, we worked on products together. They said, Mahesh Kaka, we should just go to farmer's market and we yeah. will sing songs and we will raise money. Hmm. And then we'll do this and then we'll raise money. Then So we came up with and we raised $15,000, which at a teenage is a tremendous thing. It's fantastic. And then we have taken them to old age homes, hmm. made them sing to. So that's the other thing. Um, my belief is everyone that is living anywhere, the final pursuit is happiness. Right my modus operandi is music i want to spread happiness through music as much as i can and i want to do it in as many different forms when i'm teaching i want to see the smile of the glow of the note that the student has been able to sing when i'm singing in the audience i want them the the, the glow of satisfaction of consuming something that cannot be put into words when i'm doing my practice. I want to go deep in a place where I want to be happy for no reason. Mm. When I am, you know, in a talk, I want to share about the art that I so firmly, so passionately believe in that I want you to try it at least at once. So my goal in my life is to, to sing in a live concert at least once to every living being on the earth. <laughs> I know that's a tall well, rule. You,
0: you never know, right? Yeah, um, know. Especially no. with uh, the advent of communication. And in in your way, um, this is probably uh, one of the uh, challenging or even tougher things to conceptualize, but does it matter if you have a concert hall of 100,000 audience members or even one audience member? Does it, it make a difference? No.
1: No. Uh, if at all it makes a difference before I start singing if at all it hasn't I have sung in the remotest modest of temples Mm. and I have sung at Flint Centre and fanciest of halls once you close your eyes and you are with the note everything melts down you and your music and you are flying and that space goes beyond uh, where you are at and I think that that true joy is what uh, drives you towards ex- excellence, irrespective of that setting.
0: Mahesh yeah. yeah. Kai, we've absolutely enjoyed um, our time together. We hope you'll come back and be a repeat guest. Thank you so much. I would love to, go away.
1: likewise, I had a wonderful time speaking with you.
0: You've been listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Just a reminder that you can catch us every Monday and Tuesday on Ruckus Avenue Radio and the Dash Radio app or wherever you get your podcast. And I'll be back next week with a tasty new episode fresh out of the oven. In the meantime, wear your mask, wash your hands, and see you next time on Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing.
1: This is Mahesh Kare, and you're listening to Ruckus Avenue Radio, Dash Radio's exclusive South Asian radio
0: station. Because every story told is a lesson learned, because every lesson learned is a story waiting to be told. I'm Abhay Dhandekar and I share stories about South Asian people and their purpose. And what they're saying over and over again is, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Hear it every Monday, Tuesday on Ruckus Avenue Radio or wherever you get your podcast.
2: Yea, 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 seva so ayo yeri साथ I'm <laughs> आवन किनो आयत मन मोरे सुख भायो आवन किनो आयत मन मोरे सुख भायो येदी आवरी आवो मन गलगआव आवो yeri avariya re pa ma ga re ga ni sa अर्जुन एक बार सदियों से भारत भूमि सदियों से भारत भूमि दुनिया की शान है भारत मां की रक्षा में जीवन कुर्बान है हिंदुस्तान नाम हमारा है सबसे प्यारा देश हमारा है Repa Magar Repa Nakarichidan Nakari Dana Vedan sik wachan nakari, amha, amha, amha nakalibyan, amha nakaliphnyan. आम्हा नकली ज्ञान आम्हा नकली ज्ञान नकली पुराण वेदान से वचन नकली आम्हा आम्हा नकली ज्ञान To come honey, matha, So come So kamini maaja, bona gayna gayna Amherst, 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 आमान नकली ज्ञान नकली पुराण वेदां वचन नकली आमान आमा, नकली ज्ञान रे पमगर गणेश रे रे, पमग, रे क्या मैं आप सबसे गुजारिश कर सकता हूं आप मेरे साथ देश राग में झूम गाएंगे मेरे साथ हां जी नी नी सा सा थोड़े और जोर से प्लीज हां नी, नी अपने देश को गा रहे हैं थोड़े और जोर से गा सकते हो Ni nee, ni nee, sa 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 Ni nee, sa sa are, are. Nee, nee, sa sa re, re. sa 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 re re ma ma pa pa ma pa ni 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 sa 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 ni 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 sa 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 ni 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 sa sa sa
3: Hi, it's Mega, president of the Desai Foundation, a nonprofit which empowers women and children to dream beyond their circumstances through community based programming in rural India and the United States. Today is International Women's Day, and we are honored to celebrate the amazing contributions that women make around the world. At the Desai Foundation, we are celebrating how our work supports all the primary aspects of a woman's life. At every stage of her life, our programs help women and girls maintain optimal health during childhood, learn about their periods and how to safely manage menstruation in their teen years, develop their dignity and confidence as young adults, and become financially independent women as they grow older. For this week, Global Giving and the Desai Foundation are matching your donations. Every donation $50 and under will be matched 150%, and any donation above $50 will be matched 100%. So join us by visiting thedesaifoundation.org to invest in the future of these women and help us continue the holistic programming coming out of the pandemic and beyond.